Salutations to all the nations. Welcome to a suave experience with your boy, Darius D. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Hopefully all is well with you. If you are new here to the channel, to the podcast, thank you for stopping by. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for coming once again, once more. So today we're going to be talking about a special, special type of topic i've talked about this multiple times but i'm going to take a different approach to it i'm going to relate it to the church so before we get into that make sure if you are not subscribed to this podcast to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use it could be spotify it very well could be soundcloud it could be many different platforms i'm on over 10 or 12 of them to make sure you hit me up on there. If you have any questions, comments, assertions, any problems or predicaments, make sure you hit me up on Instagram, underscore DD the Suave Kid 15. I can hit you up over there. You feel me? And last but not least, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Helps do well with the rating of the show. And I might start a blog with WordPress, but I'm not 100% sure, but we'll see what happens. I might do that. I might not. I just got to figure out how it works, and we can go from there because, you know, it's good to explain and to learn different things. And without further ado, without any more delay, let's get right into it. I'm not even going to do the breakup section. We're just going to get right into the nitty gritty. All right, so... We're talking about race relations in the church when it comes to marriage and interracial marriage. And now, I did think about this only because of people at Godly po- Godly Dating Podcast, so Tavares. So he did a little video on YouTube that sparked an inspiration in me to talk about it because I've been dealing with this and it's been plaguing my mind for quite some time, but I couldn't express the words to articulate to you guys my points properly and i like i said when it comes to these things like i really have to think about it through and i've been talking to many people within the last three years to get perspective and reading scripture as well just so i can say the right things now here's a quick disclaimer these are my thoughts my opinions so at the end of the day you go to what your pastor says and you follow what he says all right you follow what he says you follow what he does if you if he is the spiritual authority that you placed yourself underneath i have mine mine is pastor eastman in uh, grace life center so that's my spiritual authority, right? So at the end of the day, you got to follow your spiritual authority that you put yourself under, not what God put you under. Because like some people say God has you there, but why would God hate, put you in a church where you don't like leadership and you disobey the leadership, which is basically contradicting what God says because he doesn't like people sowing discord among the brethren and he likes things in order so clearly it's obviously when it comes to these decisions yeah god might lead you to a place but he's not going to force you to be there if you don't want to be there you might have to leave maybe the pastor hasn't been following up the code in scripture maybe he's slacking off or maybe it's just you have 
personal differences or maybe you just feel as though or you think as though or you've gotten convicted and then you want to go to another uh, body, another church in the body of Christ, that's completely fine. People have their stuff, but just be wise about it and just don't do it just because you got upset with something he said to you about something that more than likely out of 10, you do need to change nine times out of 10. All right. So we're going to be talking about the church and race relations regarding marriage. Now, this is interesting to me because I'm going to give you my backstory. Now, essentially, I am of Jamaican descent. Now, this is news to me because I did not know this until I went to university. Apparently, there's a bad rap sheet with Jamaican men, right? So if you're a descendant of a Jamaican man, you're known. It doesn't matter what you do, how well you articulate your points, or how you carry yourself, you're automatically put in the player category because Jamaican men have a rap about being players. Did not know this until university. This was actually two years ago. I heard this stuff because I was talking to various African women before, like I have friends, and they would ask me where, like, where am I from? Because a lot of people think that I'm Nigerian, but I'm not though. I, I can see why they say that, but they think I'm Nigerian. So all of a sudden they're like, yo. Like, you're ill, you're Jamaican? Like, oh my gosh, you're a player, you're this and that. I'm like, wait, 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 what, 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 what? Like, Stone Cold says, what? I didn't know that was a thing. I did not know that was a thing until they gave me the explanation and, like, how there's a lot of Jamaican men who have uh, children out of wedlock. And a lot of those guys, they're not even saved. So I'm not talking about the Christian girls perspective but i'm just talking about like the secular uh women's perspective on jamaican men didn't know what was thing so that's just leave that at basis that needs to stop <laughs> okay i will not ex i will not have it though i will not have it okay this jamaican men slander needs to stop because i didn't do anything okay i just got here i just got here my dad's cool yeah, my uncles are cool People that I know that are Jamaican men are cool. So I don't know which ones y'all be talking to. That seems like it's a you problem. But anyways, continuing on, not saying it isn't a problem, saying it's your problem. But continuing on, I grew up in a predominantly Caribbean church, all right? So a lot of it was either Trinidadian people, Guyanese people, Jamaican people, et cetera, et cetera. There's a few Africans in there, here and there, and there's a few other people who are Filipinos and whatnot, but for the most part, I would say 99.9%. I don't know what the other 1%, but 99.9% is Jamaican, Caribbean upbringing way of life. That's exactly what my church demographic looks like. So I've only seen church in one way, in one shape and form. So we had, because I'm apostolic as well, because of the fact, check this out. I only really went to churches that were similar to mine in the GTA because I'm fortunate growing up in an era where there's a lot more um, black, I don't even like saying black churches because it's just a church, but to make things make sense, I have to use these type of language or this type of uh, descriptors. Not a fan of it. I believe the church is the church. However, I still have to use it because if I don't, it doesn't make sense. But 
majority, especially in my grandfather's era, it was predominantly a white, um, there's a predominantly white churches in Canada, at least. In the States, it was a different because there was more black people. So the likelihood of you having more black churches and they have, I don't know, different denominations like the Methodists and Baptists and all that stuff. So that's in the States. But in Canada, within the last, I want to say, 50 years, you can see the progression of more black churches, especially in the GTA that you see mostly. I'm not sure about out west, not sure about out east, but what I am sure about is the GTA. So coming to grips with that, didn't really realize i know that sounded pretty much redundant but i didn't realize that there was other churches or other types of churches that are similar to mine so because i went to a predominantly white school most of the people that i know who are christians were either lutheran if they were protestant or they were more or less catholics so most of my friends who were christians at that time period of my life were either Catholics or Lutherans, right? So the style of church was a lot different, especially for Catholics. Now, I don't think Catholicism is Christianity. I don't think they're the same thing. That's a story for another day. But most people who are Protestant, and you know the general history is that Protestants were protesting the Catholic Church to start something else or to revert back to the original form of Christianity because Catholicism is mixed in with... Eastern mythicism, which was implemented by the Roman government, which was led by Constantine the Great. So that's a brief history. We're not going to get too far into the logistics. But at the end of the day, when it came to that, there was that style of church. I have been to a Catholic service before. Not my cup of tea, per se, all right? But um, there's a major difference. So difference so there was a disconnect with me i only thought because i was a child and i thought and spoke as a child i only understood it as okay people who look like this do church this way black people do church that way but that's not necessarily the case okay it isn't the case and isn't as such so as i got older i started going to different churches that didn't have predominantly black people in it. That's how I exposed myself to understanding different perspectives because I went to a different church. So we went to conventions and conferences. And now if you are a secular person, you know what a convention is. But if you're in the church, you also know what it is. But convention is pretty much like the same thing as it would be in the world. Like if you go to like sneaker con or uh, what's another one? Complex con or comic con all these different cons it's pretty much the same thing but it's church related so it's basically church on a huge scale with multiple churches coming together at one i know in kojic which is basically a trinitarian under the trinitarian belief system under pentecostal because there's two different types of schools of thoughts or belief systems is non-trinitarian which would be apostolics oneness all right, believing that the three are one. And then there's the Trinitarian belief saying that there's three distinctions, three different people that exist as one, meaning that they work together as one. Not going to get into that either. Like I said, I'm not going to be preaching on this. I'm not a preacher. I just talk about stuff and I teach occasionally. But 
just to give you the breakdown, Kojic does like holy convocation. So it's pretty much similar, but for apostolics, especially because there's two organizations within the oneness apostolic movement, PAW, uh, I think it's Pentecostal Apostolics of the World. No, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. And then there's UPCI, so it's Pentecostal. So both of them are Pentecostal. All right, so the one that I'm under is UPCI, which is United Pentecostal Church International, because it was UPC. Then there's PAW, Pentecostal um, Assemblies of the World. And then there's Kojic, which was separate because it's Trinitarian belief system. And but it's still under Pentecostal, and I know there's actually a lot of different denominations that don't agree with Pentecostalism at all because it's a little bit eccentric for some people. But hey, man, at the end of the day, yo, if we're really serving the same God, it this really doesn't matter. This is a variance of opinions, and that's basically what I came to consensus to of myself. Like, I know there's some people who argue whether or not it's not that important right now, but. So with the UPCI, we do convocations and conferences and so on and so forth. So what I learned was that there's people who don't look like me who have the same style of church as me. Because on TV, this is why media can be dangerous at times, I only saw black people have church in a certain way. That's not the case. If you ask a Baptist or a Methodist, they don't have the church the same way as the Pentecostals do, okay? They don't. Especially if you're Southern Baptist, it depends. Because there's that too. There's like Baptist and the Southern Baptist and so on and so forth. But coming down to it, me understanding that there's different people who have different opinions about the gospel, but there's people who are different in appearance that have the same idea or have the same way of service as I do, as people who look like me. So then that's the first time I saw white people and Hispanic people and Asian people and Middle Eastern people who all look different. And in my head, I thought Middle Eastern people were only Muslims. And I thought Asian people were always Buddhist or Hindi. That's what I thought in my mind. I did not know until then. I only thought white people were only Catholics. So that's what I thought in my mind until I saw it for myself. I'm like, hey, there's other Protestant people who look different than me. And they serve the same God as me. And that opened my mind especially when it came, when I started reading the Bible more when I was older in high school and stuff. When Peter was confronted by Jesus, when he was sent to the Roman Centron's house because he, God sent him there to pray for them that they might be filled. And Peter, because he was a Jew, didn't wasn't really open to the fact, and this happens a lot more than you think, but that's, there's a reason why it's in the Bible. But he didn't believe that they could be saved because they were Gentiles. And then Jesus gave him, uh, I think, wait. And Jesus gave him a vision of many different creatures. He, Jesus gave him 
the vision of many creatures. And with that said, he said, hey, kill it and eat it. Then Peter was bringing up the law. And Peter was, yeah, it was Cornelius. So this is found in Acts 10. And then Peter, he broke the law. And he said, he, he was saying that if I were to do this, it was just breaking the law. And then Jesus says, like, don't ex try to exclude people from the kingdom, right? Because I blessed it for you to break and eat. So he's using it as an uh, analogy to say, hey, like, yeah, normally by the old law, these people couldn't be a part of us. They're Gentiles. But now I fulfill the law so that they can be a part of it. So don't condemn them, Peter because they're not of the Jewish faith or they weren't born as a Jew. I did this so that all men can be saved. So that's the basis of this podcast, right? So that's why I said all that to say this. So a lot of times when it came, especially when I was older, a lot of people had this misconception and still do to this very day, which I, to my amazement, don't understand, nor do I fully comprehend why people think that I have a thing for white women. People in the world has told me that. People in the church have told me that. They think, oh, yo, you're going to marry a white girl. You're going to talk to a white girl. I don't know. Is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? Probably not, because like I don't really have a specific skin color or ethnicity that I prefer over another. Like if she looks good, she looks good. That's my thing. My thing is the culture behind it. Can I get down with that? That's what I'm thinking about. Y'all just thinking about features, bro. I'm talking about culture. So Fast forward, when I'm like 17, 18 years old, people always have this misconception or this idea to which of my amazement, like I said before, I'm not sure where they come from. I don't know why they think that way. To this very day, I'm still dumbfounded by it. And they talk about it and they talk about it and they talk about it till the cows come home, but I still don't get it. And then they always say, don't come around here with no white woman. Some of them jokingly say it in jest. Other of them are being too jubilant when saying that. They usually say it in disgust. Because I've seen, I heard people in the past when certain people bring other people from different ethnicities, especially of the Caucasian persuasion. And some of them are actually disturbed by it and perturbed and in a distraught space in mind they actually think it's not necessarily revolting but in a way they they feel as though it's a negative thing now that comes into the history between black people and white people especially in north america we have a rough past in general very, very, very rough past, okay? And I'm not going to overlook like overlook it and try to just gloss over it, but it's the truth. We had a, a long history, a long past, but a lot of the times we cannot focus in the past because we have learned that what happened was wrong 
we have learned that we must progress as human beings, especially as Christians. Now, I expect this. No, here's the thing. This is this is a kicker, y'all. I expect to hear that type of verbiage, those type of sentiments from people who are in the world who don't know Christ, right? But I thought there would be a change. And that's what broke my heart is because these people are saying it with so much vigor, so much passion. And some of them, like I said, are jokingly saying it. Other people are actually serious that don't come around here with no white women that they don't like interracial marriage because of the history. But he, I'm here to say is like, I thought there was neither Jew nor Greek. I thought there was no neither male nor female. That's what I thought, meaning that obviously there's male and female, but meaning that one's not more important than the other. We're all viewed as equal in Christ's eyes. Now, obviously, people have different responsibilities that God calls men to do certain things, women to do certain things. But especially as far as race goes, no one's better than another one. No one's hierarchy. It's not a hierarchical system as far as race goes, right? There is a system as far as men and women, but that's just because God wants a specific order in place. It's not about like men being more important than women or women being less important than men. It's not that. It's not what I'm talking about. But when it comes to this whole concept of race, first of all, we understand that there's only one race, which is the human race. I know that's a cliche thing. However, we must understand that when it comes to race, a lot of this is socially constructed. You can look throughout, throughout history, you can read it, throughout history it's constructed right a lot of it is based in science meaning that a lot of some of these scientific discoveries like darwin and darwinian theory of evolution a lot of it has racist roots into it saying that certain groups of people in the the world develop faster than others so a lot of this is that's like i said it's scientifically constructed it's not a fact it's a theory that it's that certain races exceed at different rates. But if you look at it from an anthropological anthropological explanation, if you look at it through that particular lens, do you understand that a lot of these differences that we have as far as like height and uh, what's it called? Height and skin color and all these different things and caricatures that we have is because of where we were located in the world, whether you're on the south of the equator or the north of the equator. I know a lot of Christians might not like what I'm about to say, but I have to say it. Microevolution is a thing. Macroevolution is not a thing. Macroevolution basically means that you evolved from like the critters in the sea and slowly turn from like primates to homo sapiens sapiens. Like that's not what we believe. We believe that God, we were made in the image of God. All right. In Genesis one. So we know all of that. But when I'm talking about microevolution, it's basically minute changes based on where you are located in the world today. So a lot of people who are Caucasian, they have paler skins. Why? Cause they were in, when, especially when it, Pangea was a thing, but going just based off what it says in the Bible, a lot of those people were in more colder places, right? So 
a lot of them were shorter and stockier because of the fact that they have to retain heat in order for us, over order for them to survive. So a lot of the Norwegian and Scandinavian countries, you can see a, to- a sort of build. That's why some of them are a lot hairier than than guys than some other races as well. Same thing with black people because we have because everybody has levels of melanin. But black people have more melanin because of the fact that in Africa, because it's the south of the equator, there's a lot of heat, obviously. So what the melanin does is it actually blocks from um the radiation from the sun, so you they don't get skin cancer. So it accepts a lot. Your skin accepts a lot more. That's why black people, if you're listening to this, you have to. Take intake your vitamin D a lot more because sometimes your skin's gonna push away the vitamin D from the sun or the radiation from the sun because of the fact of your genealogy and the reason why it was like that in the first place. So there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to skin colors and features and why we have these features. Well, to keep it base and not to go into a depth what i've learned is that it's regional right so it's not because god made you that way because he thought one group was better than the other (laughs) it's not because of that reason all right it's because of where you are placed it's micro evolution your body is forced to adapt to that that's why white people don't fare well with the sun and they their skin peeled because their skin wasn't adaptable in that sense because they were originated not really because of where they were situated in that area of the world right so after saying all these different things these differences that we come across to if we were different races then you could not integrate meaning that we wouldn't be able to procreate with one another and the baby would be normal. It would be mutant because of the fact if our races are actually different, but we can, we're the same species, we're the same race, it's only one. We just get caught up in skin color, we just get caught up in culture, and we get caught up in differences. And a lot of this stems from xenophobia, which is basically the fear of something different. So you fear what you don't understand. In that we can basically come to a consensus that a lot of us is because we don't understand perspective and we do not understand people's vantage point and where they're coming from and their culture and how they are, right? Because if I'm born into a predominantly white area, I'm going to have what, what I think it's W.E.B. Du Bois says, a double consciousness. Because I'm going to, especially if you're living in North America, because you're going to view yourself as a black person. You're going to view yourself from the lens of how America views black people. So that's another thing to worry about. But at the end of the day, it's like we're all supposed to be. We're all supposed to be on the same team because all these things that we get caught up with, They're minuscule in a sense in God's view because God does not care about skin pigmentation is what we're arguing about, people. We're talking about discrepancies 
based off skin pigmentation. Now, I'm not talking about racism and all that stuff. I'm not talking about, like, all the injustices that happen. But most of these injustices that happen because people are different from one another, okay? And that's the problem that we very much lack understanding. And I think if you're a Christian and a believer that we should do a better job talking about these things and not sweeping it under the rug because racism does exist in the church, unfortunately. And at the same token, it's been there for a minute, bruh. Let's think about it, bro. If you think about it, even from the Pentecostals, like when they first started, most of them weren't even black people weren't even allowed, especially in America. They weren't even allowed into white buildings. And not because the people in the church, some of them didn't, but not because most of them want didn't want them there. It's because at that time in society, if that were to happen, then the church would probably be shut down because the integration wasn't thing, especially in the South. So I'm just gonna take a quick break and then I'll come right back and wrap this up. All right, so continuing on, like even with the Pentecostal church, now there was racism in there as well, and there might be still today. I'm not sure. It depends on your, depends on. I think most people are private, so it's more their private inclinations. Whereas, like, okay, I'll be friends with them, but I wouldn't want my son to date a black girl. I wouldn't want my son to date a white woman. And it's like, I get confused because you're supposed to be the, the ones that to show, hey, we can do all these things and not have any problems. I expect this type of verbiage from Dr. Umar Johnson, who believes that Christianity is a white man's religion. I am supposed to believe that from them because they believe in critical race theory and all that other stuff that the church is not support of. The church was a huge aid in the civil rights movement. Both quote-unquote white churches and black churches alike. Obviously the black churches. But other churches. So then why is it that we have these issues when uh, Asian... I don't even want to say Asian. I was, I'll be specific. A Chinese brother in Christ... And a Latino, I don't want to say Latina either because people might get mad. A Venezuelan sister in Christ, hitch up. Why if, and I'm not saying, because obviously not everybody grew up in a Christian household like me. I am beneficial in that regard. But let's say they, in happy sense, let's, let's just use an experiment or we'll just use a mental experiment, shall we say. Let's just imagine that both of them are like third generation, Holy Ghost filled, blood washed, baptized, saved people. Say, Let's just put that out there. Let's just say that. And when I say baptized, it's water baptized. Let's just say that. Okay, let's say they're third generations because I'm a third generation, right? So you, your grandparents, your parents, and now you. So there should be an understanding. I'm not talking about somebody who's like a first generation, which is harder 
for your family to understand the changes that you're going through, what you're believing in, they're not going to comprehend. They're not going to understand. Right. But if you're a third generation, you should hope that your parents and that your grandparents understand that all as long as they are saved. Now, a shout out to Bishop Rigg. All right. He was my first presiding pastor when I was a kid, but he is no longer the pastor because Pastor Eastman took over or the great leadership of Pastor Eastman. But he was always the one that was telling me, like, yo, don't always put yourself in a position in the sense that just to look for a black woman. Like, don't you don't have to do that because of the fact that as long as they are saved. And that's one thing that stuck with me is because of the fact that most of the, the conversations I have, they are just basing it off everything outside of salvation. They didn't even talk about, like, she has to be apostolic. Because we could get into that. Like, that, that would be a stronger case. Like, I hear people don't mix denominations because from a theological perspective, there's going to be some clashing, especially when it comes to, like, if it's a work base or save base. I would say most of the denominations are cool, except for, like, a good part of them that are not cool at all because they're just not biblically sound. But most of these things are just minute differences that are not theologically a major difference in a sense. And when I say major difference, I mean a discrepancy that's going to send somebody to hell type of thing. That's what I'm talking about. But um, when it comes to even the idea of marrying somebody outside your race is like some people are up in arms and they might not express it because they don't want to look or appear as they're racist, but in their heart, they are against it or they will say or gossip about it. Like, why is he with her? Like, why is he not with one of the sisters, sisters, not, not the sister in Christ, but the sisters. Why, why is he not with them? And my thing is, like, if that brother genuinely loves her and willing to lay his life down for her as what Christ commanded him to do, I believe in Ephesians 5. If he's doing that, then what's the problem? What's the predicament? Why are these people who claim to serve the same God as you? It's not even, like, that's my thing. It's like, it's not even like you want to say, oh, yo, she's Muslim or she's Hindi or... Oh, Hindu, sorry, Hindu, not Hindi. Hindi is the language. But we're talking about the same denomination, the same God, everything. And now it's a discrepancy because now you have a discrepancy because they're a different skin color or they have a different culture. I would say, and I would argue, because my arguments are usually logical 95% of the time. 5% I just talk and ramble. But if we are all the same in Christ, if she is saved, keyword, not even, because, bro, we can even get into the whole, she's not really a Christian. She just goes to church thing. We're not even talking about that, bro. We're talking about, I'm giving you a perfect scenario. She's saved. He's saved. They both go to church. They're both devout Christians. They both do what they're supposed to do according to scripture. She's in position to be a good wife, a good mother. 
he's in position to be a good husband, a good father. They've served the Lord. They serve the church. They follow the two commandments that Jesus told them to follow. But the only thing is, is one is Chinese and the other is from Venezuela. What is the problem? <laughs> That's what I don't understand. Like, I didn't understand it then. Still don't understand it now because, and I, I'm when I say I don't understand, I don't, I comprehend it and I know why. I just don't understand why you're still thinking in that way. Because at the end of the day, God's not judging us by those standards, those minuscule standards. Even Martin Luther King did say that we should be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. And I usually see this discrepancy amongst the whites and the blacks more so than any other interracial marriages. Because like I said, it's, especially in North America, it's deep-seated history. And a lot of times we focus in the past, and I love history. I, I read into it so I don't make the same mistakes that other people have made. But we cannot dwell on the past and the histories. Because Jesus made us a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are made new. Like your DNA is not even the same anymore once you accept Christ in your life. And this is actually scientifically proven. So if we're a new creation, then why should it matter? We don't even know if Adam and Eve were the same color maybe they were maybe they weren't but at the end of the day who cares so long as they're saved and that's the thing that i notice now is that when we, i have these discussions with people the first thing is like make sure she's not white or da -da -da -da, she has to be black she has to be da -da 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 -da. you didn't even mention if she was saved or not you did not unless if you think it's obvious you didn't mention that whether or not they were saved. You didn't care whether we're not not in the same apostolic. So I'm like, yo, then how about I marry a black girl who is like Baptist or something like that? If that's the only thing that matters, then that's when they start to become quiet because they realize that you're talking about things that are trivial and nonsensical in the church, at least. If you're in the world and you're listening to this podcast, Bro, go ahead, do you, all right? But I'm talking to people who believe in the God of the Bible, the true and living God. That's who I'm trying to talk to. And if you aren't a believer, I think you probably should be now. But my thing is, is like, yo, we're getting caught up into things that don't make sense. And it still existing in 2021. I hear it. To this very day. To this very day. And no one can tell me that they haven't experienced this or heard mumblings about this. When they seen a fellow brother or sister in an inter interrelation, not interrelation, interracial situation. And it's sad to see it.
because how naive I was, I thought, like, yo, this could never happen in the church. But what I realized is that in the church, like I said, we're still human beings. We're still flawed because of the fall. Now we are a new creation and old things have passed away. All things are made new and we progress. But some people progress faster than others. Mind that. Mind number two, what we must understand is that we're still in the flesh, right? We still have to deal with this flesh in in its sinful, backwards nature. We're trying to work towards more of a Christ nature, but hey, you're still in the flesh. You still have to battle with it daily and die daily and fight daily. So that mentality is there. We're still in the world, but we're not of it. So there's a bunch of noises in that regard because now I'm noticing, especially within the last two years, a lot of people who grew up Christian are now denouncing Christianity. But I think this has to happen because it shows that the day is approaching that Christ will return. So there's a lot of different moving parts with it. So I understand why, but I'm just encouraging people that if you're feeling as though no one understands you when you would want to date somebody outside your quote-unquote ethnicity, I'm not even going to say race, but that's going to be the title. But if you feel discouraged and you feel as though like, you have to force yourself to do it. You don't have to. I think you should seek the Lord and don't limit yourself to just one ethnicity. You don't have to do that. The Bible doesn't require you to do that. Like I said, this all stems from regional and it's all anthropological. Like the way to understand it is just regional and it's societally made and scientifically made. For you to think that there's an actual innate difference, there isn't an innate difference. It's just culture and society. That's all it boils down to. And then where your ancestors were on which side of the equator they were in. Because on the day of Pentecost, there's a people from all different walks of life that were there. And God wants to save everybody. He died for all. He didn't die for black people. He didn't die for white people. He didn't die for Asians. He didn't just die for Polynesians. And a lot of people leave out that group. Okay, I haven't forget my uh, Pacific Islanders. But, hey, y'all, I'm telling you, don't worry about that. Christ died for all. I believe that interracial marriage hopefully will start... Because even now, like, you see it more now, but there's still people who are dealing with it. I know why they're dealing with it. You know why now they're dealing with the discrepancy. We just pray for them that they will come to the understanding of the truth and that their hearts will be open for it. If especially it's hard on you or harder on you when it's people that you do care about that are talking about the situation as far as, like, elders in your church or people that you look up to or that you're close with that say these type of things that might discourage you. It's probably even more discouraging if you have, if your parents are saved and they're saying things like that, or your grandparents are saved and they're saying sentiments like that, or relatives that are saved 
I say it, it's discouraging because you thought they would know better, but sometimes, like I said, people mature in different stages in their life on certain subject matter. And there was a point in your life where you were immature on one certain thing, right? That you grew out of to or God gave you revelation on. So when it comes to this whole mix up stuff, I, I completely understand um, where people are coming from, their grievances. I, I understand what they're doing. It. I just don't understand why they're still there. But I just pray for them that they will come to the knowledge of the truth. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed making it for you guys. And man, that was a mouthful. I think I did 45 minutes. I was actually trying to aim it for like less than that, but I got the ball rolling. So I just kept on going. So make sure you check out my Instagram. Check out my yeah, check out my Instagram, underscore D, the swap kit 15. Also, check out, make sure you check out my YouTube page, Some Swap Food, and my YouTube channel, Some, oh, Suave Kid TV. So many swaves, bro. We're trying to make a wave with that. But Some Swap Food is my Instagram page. I know I said YouTube, but it's my Instagram page. And check out my YouTube, Some uh suave kid tv for the fashion tips and bits and all that tricks and stuff and then also make sure make sure make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use you guys gotta do that for your boy dd and with that said i am signing off once again once again, I am dipping out like a Boy Scout. This is your boy, Dears D, signing off. And just want to say, y'all stay suave and chill. Just chill till the next episode because your boy, DD, is definitely out of here.